Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest and greatest episode of Game Ravels. I am one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and as always with me is the man who always goes after the free curse, the man with the master plan, <laughs> the one who's going to have all the battlefield moments. It's Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? I'm uh, really good, especially now that... Uh... I've been able to get some quality time in with Battlefield 2042, so I'm uh, I'm really good. How are you? All right, I'm very good. Um, you must be great with... because you have a shiny new Switch. Among other things, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm like it's been it's been a fun it's been a fun actually not even just week it's been a fun couple of weeks. Um, I mean, like the last episode, there were some cool, interesting stuff that got announced. Um, you know, with the Nintendo Direct and stuff like that. And then we had some other stuff that got announced this past week, uh, this past couple of weeks. So let's, without further ado, just jump right into the things with... So, okay, actually, let's jump into this one first. So remember a couple of months ago, I think, or at least a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this rumor about a uh, GTA trilogy coming out and that is coming to all platforms including the Switch. Yes. And this 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 like not a not a re not a remake or upscale but a remaster of like the three PlayStation 3 GTA games. So GTA 3, San Andreas and Vice City. Yes. They have finally officially confirmed that it is coming. Which is so Anybody who knows me, if you've been listening to this podcast for a really long time, you know that I'm not that big into GTA. But even I was actually pleasantly not <laughs> surprised, but pleased with the news, with the official news that it's coming. I don't know how you're feeling about it, Sean, but I'm actually kind of looking forward to it because personally, like of the three games, I want to tackle San Andreas the most. You might kind of figure out why. Most well, partially it's because I've played two. Oh, sorry, I've played San Andreas before on the PlayStation Two, and I actually did enjoy it. Um, not so much with four, but that's mostly because I like the protagonist in San Andreas more, CJ. He's oh, I a loved very, four. He's a surprisingly relatable guy. I'm not saying that four is bad. I'm just saying I did not enjoy it as much despite the fact that I played 4 first and played um, San Andreas after that. Okay, wow. that's a, like I have a hate-love relationship with San Andreas because um, I, like the first GTA game I finished was GTA 4. I never finished 3, huh. Vice City, or San Andreas. And um, the reason why I never finished them, I think, is because first off, the former 3 had, had a lot of missions in it, but like a lot. And there were also a, like a lot of annoying missions in it. So, for example, in Vice City, there's this mission where you have to blow up a building that's in a construction site, but you have to get like this helicopter drone, and then you have to pick up dynamite and you have to fly it through multiple stories of the building and plant it and then blow it up. But at the same time, you're being shot at by or attacked by the construction workers because they don't want you to blow the stuff up. So, like, that's one of those missions where you have to fly this annoying helicopter drone. The controls are already clunky. If you die, there's no checkpoint, or if the helicopter gets blown up. So, you have to start all over again. And, like, eventually you figure out that if you tilt the rotors of the chopper, you can kill them. 
by mm. just cutting him up. But like, if you don't know that, then you basically just keep on failing unless you get lucky, you know? And it's like one of those annoying mission structures they had. Um, and with San Andreas, for example, I put a lot of hours into that game. But like, it feels like I spent an eternity in that game. And then because, you know, back in the day, everybody used to play GTA with cheats, you know? And there was a bug in GTA San Andreas where if you use too many cheats, there's a character in it, a, a, a rapper called OG Loke. You come across him multiple times in the story. So if you use too many cheats in one mission, he dies in the cutscene and that's it. Whereas normally he's supposed to be standing on top of a rooftop doing this suicide speech. And then you're supposed to jump into a truck, park it under him. He falls into the truck on some boxes. You drive him to the hospital and that's the mission. But because it was bugged because of the cheats, he would always drop dead in the cutscene. No matter what you did, you couldn't <laughs> save him. And that was like an essential mission to do. It wasn't a side mission. So like, basically, I got screwed over by the game because I used cheats. Because no, no, no. You screwed yourself over. No, no, no. Because like, used cheats. Everybody used cheats back in the day. I mean, like people would know, mm -hmm. people would have like these pages full of cheats, you know, like God mode or weapon set one or weapon set two. You, you would do this like this. R1, R2, up, down, left, right, up, down, left, right, la, 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 with your controller. You would get <laughs> pain in your fingers because you would do all those combos. And then, you know, I never had an issue with Vice City with cheats. I never had an issue with cheats in, in 3. So, like, I, at that point, I was really upset. And I, like, I, don't, I really enjoyed the game, but I just didn't want to play it anymore. And then <laughs> I liked 4 because it had, like, this really mature story. I didn't use cheats at all after that. So, 4 and 5 was without cheats. So, like, I really enjoyed the mature story, but I am happy that they're doing a remake because they've said that they're overhauling the graphics and they're also making a lot of quality of life improvements, but they're still keeping the original feel and look of the game intact. So that does give me hope. What the heck does that mean? Maybe something like the art style or something. So, like, maybe... Um, there's like checkpoints in the missions or maybe there's a cover system in the game or maybe there's because they said like that the improvements they are making is to bring it in line with the modern gta game so that the experience doesn't feel as weird because i can't imagine that new players that have never touched the three four three five city of san andreas and now suddenly seeing this might want to go back but if there's such a big gap in experience they might actually be put off by it you know i don't know because Three has a silent protagonist. Yes. So how are annoying. they going? So how are they going to address that? Are they going to give him li like he has well, no like, lines? I think that will like stay intact, but like I, I can't imagine them changing combat. So it's more a bit in line with what it was in the modern games, or okay. maybe they add checkpoints to the missions or something like that. Um, I think, I mean, like, I think the game, according to the rumors, the game was supposed to come out this year during the holiday season. So I think it's like a really good time to release it. Um, it's also coming to Switch besides all current gen and, and next gen consoles. Um, so it's really cool to be able to take GTA on the go. Because she's not, yeah. Ever, yeah, since the PSP and the DS days, you haven't been able to do that. Yeah, I mean the last G, like the last GTA that I actually played was Chinatown Wars, and I'm kind of disappointed that that hasn't gotten like 
the remake treatment because I feel like that would actually because they that one was specifically made for portable. Yeah. So I would love to have like a Switch version of that, but instead of the the because they technically do use 3D models, but they're like super low poly, um, and it's top down a la you know classic GTA. Yeah. Which I, I don't hate for a bit. I liked it. I, yeah, I I don't hate that it's top down. I don't know if a lot of people would enjoy having it being top down. I think if they were to do something like that, they would probably want to go more remake instead of remaster with Chinatown Wars, so they can so they can have it in third person instead. So I, but I, I would feel forget. <laughs> I think that in these days with indie games and the yeah. amount of indie games, that people would be more forgiving. To a game like that, than say ten years ago, I I I guess I would hope so. Um, I honestly don't know. But the only other thing that I am really disappointed about this is it's just those three games and not you know Vice City Stories and uh, Liberty City Stories. Yeah, I don't honestly don't care about Liberty City Liberty City Stories. It's more about Vice City Stories because I want to party with Phil Collins. <laughs> And you can't do that in Vice City, but Vice City Stories, for some reason, they got Phil Collins. It's like, oh, okay, that's kind of awesome. And it's in the 80s, so it's like like peak Phil Collins, you know, Genesis, freaking Land of Confusion and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's the only downside. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. I'll 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 play I'll play with CJ and all the other. I uh, the other I actually games. played Vice City Stories like a couple of weeks ago on my PSP. And it just felt so, it still felt amazing to have a GTA game in the palm of your hands. And it it didn't feel like a cheap, toned down version. It felt like a fully fledged GTA GTA game because Rockstar actually put the time and effort into it back then to make a proper GTA game for handheld. And it, I mean, it still looks really nice. I mean, I'm forgiving when it comes to the PSP and the Vita, I am forgiving for the graphics. Like I don't expect, um, killer ass graphics or i wouldn't say like oh those graphics are ugly because you know it's a portable and i mean i i remember the first time when i saw psp it was when it came out in the netherlands a friend of mine he had uh dynasty warriors off of it and it for me it looked so surreal it was like it felt like somebody was playing a trailer on it so like somebody had downloaded a trailer onto it and was playing a trailer so you could see it you know, you'd almost say, like, it's a mock-up. It just felt like that. And he said, like, I said, like, is this a trailer? He's like, no, this is actually the game. Like, here, play it. And I was like, what? Uh, people that know me know that I'm a sucker for Dynasty Warriors games. I mean, those <laughs> games aren't the best, but they're, like, super fun because you can just turn your brain off and just button bash your way through stuff. Yeah. And, like, I, that was just an amazing game to just, like, see all those units on screen and just you know, be trying to grow, will grow larger in that mode, you know? Um, yeah, you can even take China will grow larger on the go. So, you know, I mean, yeah. it felt surreal. And I sometimes do miss those days where Sony did have a handheld and actually took that market serious. And I understand that doesn't fit in with their current strategy, but I mean, it would be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be nice to have GTA on the go, especially if uh, especially if it means that um, here's the thing with with this particular trilogy, I kind of really hope that it sells well on Switch. It will because that'll it will. 
because I want like Rockstar and 2K to like see like oh you know GTA can sell on a Nintendo system mm-hmm. um, because that's why we got Chinatown Wars and not like a console like we didn't even get a port of any of the PlayStation 2 games which is something that they did back in the day for the Wii yep. but they did Chinatown Wars specifically for DS because I'm not 100% sure how that deal came about because I would it was almost kind of... say that they were in the experimental phase because they also did stuff for the PSP. Yeah, true. Fair. Like, whereas now Rockstar is all about the more content we can churn out to put into a GT online, the more money we can make. And just abandon everything else. Yep. Rest in peace, uh, Red Dead Redemption Online 2. It w- you know, the funny thing is before Red Dead 2 came out, they were saying Red Dead 2 is going to be bigger than GTA Online. We have so much content planned. We have so many improvements. If you like GTA Online, you will love Red Dead Online. And then like within a month, people were like, what? What is this? And, and like they kept adding content, but not the content people wanted. Like stuff like Bounty Hunter missions. So people were like, I don't care about Bounty Hunter mission. I want heists like i have it in gta 5 just let me rob a train rob a bank you know let me pass you rob up a stagecoach yeah rob a stagecoach yeah. and i mean like to this day i do not understand why they didn't do it there's probably a reason for them internally why they didn't do it it's not like all those hundreds of people working at, at rockstar are like never thought about it so but like why do you <sighs> abandon this ip because red dead redemption 2 was a really good game i I had some struggles to finishing it towards the end because it felt a little bit dragged out, but I really enjoyed my time with the game. I actually hope they'll they'll do like an update with, I don't know, 40, 40 FPS, 60 FPS or something, you know? I think maybe it's because it they, it didn't have... I think the numbers just weren't there when it went online. I don't know. I honestly don't know. It could be that the major, uh, the majority of the audience was still in GTA Online. My but like, if you God. don't incentivize people to switch over to Red Dead, then, you know, because, I mean, yeah. the people that play GTA Online must have bought G- Red Dead Redemption because they're like, it's the next big Rockstar game. And then yeah. if you don't keep them entertained, got a reference there, then <laughs> <laughs> then they won't stay there. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, good point. But speaking of good points, um, and speaking of things that got leaked uh, before they were supposed to, Blue Point. Yes. yes, yes, it's official now. It finally happened. It well, I'm pretty sure it happened, but they just didn't want to announce it when they accidentally yeah. like leaked it. Yeah, seriously, that is, I don't seriously, I don't know who that intern was and. I know we keep saying intern, but maybe it was just like a regular person working there. <laughs> maybe, whoever, maybe it was whoever accidentally <laughs> who, who messed up. Maybe it was Shuya Yoshida who accidentally hit tweet because he has the PlayStation Japan Twitter account on his phone next to his own Twitter account. I mean, just like when in Instagram where you have multiple accounts, you can just double yeah, tap yeah, yeah. and then it switches yeah. account. So maybe he was like, oh yeah, maybe I should send this to my friends on Twitter, like in a DM. And then he accidentally pushed publish on the place in Japan for the whole world. I'm Whoever just... did it should get fired, though. Honestly, because that yeah, was that's yeah. just... That is I mean, league, they went all out with it. They even made like a short video. I mean, they didn't do that for House Marquee. 
Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, they even made like a, sh- a small video where where in Herman Haas was like, "I'm really excited to announce that Bluepoint is joining the PlayStation family." And then oh, uh, some uh, dude from Bluepoint just gave like a brief uh, explanation. And you saw some shots, but the interesting thing is when they mm. got acquired, they said, yeah. um, "We're not a studio that is built around remakes and remasters." So like. We yes, we have people in house that are really good at it, but that's not like we're not a, a remake studio. We have people that's from not why they exist. Yeah, so we we have people from all co- parts of the industry who have worked on major franchises, who have loads of experiences, and I think that was part of the deal for Sony that they got to make something else Original. besides a rem- remake. So they said or the, it was said that they are working on a new installment in an existing PlayStation franchise. And now rumors are starting to float around that they are working on a sequel to Bloodborne, which if it is true, everybody will go nuts. I, wait, I thought the rumor was that they were working on a remake of Bloodborne. Uh, I The other day I heard they're working on Bloodborne 2. Because that's the the, the the idea or the deal. They don't do remake and remasters anymore, or maybe they do, but they do that. But they also get a swing at, I think, an, either a, an original IP or something else than, an, than a remake. And I think they're getting a chance to work on a new game. And then if they pull this off, they might be able to work on their own original IP. Because never, nowhere in the... In the announcement, did did it mention that they were because Sony in the announcement said what they were going to work on? They said yeah. they're going to go and work on an original game or something around that one. They did not mention new IP. Hmm. But this is good news because I mean people have been screaming for a Bloodborne 60 FPS patch and a, a sequel to Bloodborne, and seeing as Sony owns the rights to Bloodborne and From Software has his hands full with uh, Elden Ring. I think this would be the perfect uh, game for them to work on. Hmm. Plus, they already okay. have some experience with uh, Demon Souls, which was received excellent. I'm actually, yeah, okay, fair. I'm actually curious if they would be able to pull it off, and I'm also curious what that means for their relationship with From Software, specifically when it comes to stuff like Bloodborne. I think in in these cases, because you you see it with other studios doing other Sony-owned properties besides the original studio is that the original studio is just is still involved but is not handling the majority of production. They're, they're more in an advisory role. So, mm-hmm. so you get to bounce off ideas from them. So like when um, Sony Band was doing the Uncharted Golden Abyss for the PS Vita, Naughty Dog was involved. They were just there in an advisory role saying like, hey, um, this is how the world is. This is like lore in the world or a canon or yeah. this is how we came up with this mechanic so if you want to implement it maybe it's the best to do it like this and this and this so it's more like a reference you have so like if they have an idea for something they might be able to check in like hey we're thinking about this and this monster with this and this mechanics and this and this boss battle would that fit into the world and they could be like nah because you know because if you uh, I've mentioned it before no clip which is a documentary channel on YouTube they make great game documentaries they did one around the demon souls remake and in that uh, they go a little bit into how the relationship was between bluepoint 
Sony Japan and From Software, and like that they had all sorts of ideas, and that they would just check in with From Software and From Software, say like, hey, uh, this is something you can do, or this is something that wouldn't fit into the world. They even had moments in which they had ideas where From Software was like, oh wow, we didn't actually think about that. That's so cool. Go ahead, do it, because that would only add to the experience of the game. Um, so I think in that capacity, they have like a really good relationship. Um, it just feels weird for the fans, maybe for someone else to do a Bloodborne game because it's, you know, from software um, is known to do that stuff. But now it suddenly feels weird that uh, Bluepoint is doing it, for example. Yeah. I honestly, you know, good for them, first of all. Yeah. Because they are surprisingly good at what they do. And I am curious to see what they can do if they either get their hands on an IP or get to actually do something for themselves. Um, yeah. But I don't think we're going to see anything from what they are doing unless they were already working on something like remaking something else before they got bought. They're not a so, big studio. They're like 70 people. So I think they're like in, if they already did start something, it would be like early pre-production. Okay. Fair, yeah. Fair. But now they have like yeah. the holy the whole the whole big Sony engine behind them um to get things up and running. And I mean like I think I mentioned this before in which that I think that the acquisition strategy for Sony is we'll just try to build a relationship with the studio first before we go out right there and buy them. So like um with Haven Studios. I genuinely think that if they deliver a good game, that Sony might consider buying them. Because I think what, what Sony is doing is like, we'll see if you can make it. We'll give you all the resources. We'll give you the funding. We'll give you the brand name and the marketing and the whole shebang. And if you can deliver a good game, then we can always look further and see if we can do an acquisition. And they might not outright say it, but that might be like the plan in the back of their heads. Because mm-hmm. that way, they're not buying a studio that can't deliver and then you're like doing a bad investment. So I think in that regard, they're like, you know, let's just see what we can do. And if these studios actually deliver, then we can always just swoop in and buy them instead of going out and buying a Square Enix or a Konami or whatever, you know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but Konami is way more realistic, but Square Enix now. No. Yeah. But I'm still convinced that Microsoft's going to buy one of them. Oh, please don't. I think that. Square would be the most obvious no. one because then microsoft can say we are the best place to play all no RPGs. because their stuff doesn't sell in japan it's not going to change if they but buy that square matter. enix that doesn't matter because they could um, they're just going to ruin square enix that they way. could still do pc you, i mean you don't know what what they will do you mean i mean you, they could say like you can still do switch games you can still do pc games you're just not allowed to do um what's PlayStation. It playstation games yeah yeah, I doubt that, but sure. Um, also, I think you're underestimating like the worth of Square Enix. Um, I know they have literal billions to spend because that's what they did for what? What? What did they buy that cost billions again? Idos? Um, no, not Idos. Bethesda, like Zenimax. Oh, you're talking about Microsoft? That, that yeah, I'm talking about Microsoft. But that that was literal billions. Like, holy yeah. Shit. Yeah, but like, what other studio or what other? I mean, they are looking for expansion in Japan. I was talking to someone else the other day, and they said like, I I think Sega they would just, make. A, a, I just I 
I legit think they should just like quit while they're ahead with Japan. Because it's not it's not like it's not worth it for them to buy a Japanese studio if people are not going to buy your systems. There's like store chains that are stopping, like they are not selling Xbox anymore. I read that the other day. Yeah, there's only like two retailers in Japan. Yeah, selling two Xbox. big retailers. So yeah. Yodabashi Big Camera and Amazon. Uh, Amazon, yep. which is online, like Amazon Japan. Yep. Okay. Like all right, that that's so that means there's one retailer in Japan, like a store chain in japan that's actually selling xboxes nowhere else is where you can buy an xbox yeah i watched uh, a bit of the tokyo game show xbox conference and it was just i mean like abysmal i didn't it didn't impress me at all and maybe it's because it's it was aimed towards the japanese market but wait what did they announce there or show there i only watched like the first 10 15 minutes and i think they announced that xbox um x cloud gaming like the whole web browser thingy was coming mm-hmm. to japan oh yeah yeah yeah. they announced yeah. that for japan and like a bunch of asian countries and yeah. australia yeah and then they also showed like uh, forza horizon 5 and i was like boring yeah oh you don't like forza oh i love forza horizon but like uh, you already know about it yeah like it's nothing new like i mean i expect if you go to a japanese trade show you show stuff that is relevant for the Japanese audience. So, like, bring me JRPG stuff, because that's the only way you can probably uh, convince those people to buy an Xbox. But, like, Fairly. even then, if you look at what they did with Hironobu Sakaguchi back in the day with the 360, that they had two big uh, Xbox-exclusive RPGs, and that I don't nobody know how... Cared. And nobody cared. Yeah, they were like, Which is kind of disappointing, because it. apparently, like, Lost Odyssey was, is actually pretty good. I think that the other um, it, game with the blue, blue dragon or something. Blue dragon, yeah, was also pretty okay. Yeah, it, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. It was okay. <laughs> yeah, that that was the general consensus about it. It was okay. It was very. I mean, it was clearly trying to go after the Dragon Quest quad because they also got um, uh, the guy that does like the dragon, like the Dragon Ball and the Dragon Quest art. Yeah. Uh, I felt like why am I flaking he... on his name? What? I f- I'm flaking on the dude's name, uh, oh. but sure, yeah. I, lost I, I feel like with Lost Odyssey, they tried to go after Final Fantasy because it felt like yeah, Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That, that was 100% the case. Uh, also, I think people were kind of weirded out because the game came on like four discs at the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, because PlayStation was all Blu-ray and Microsoft was all DVD back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that was so weird. But even with Blu-ray, I mean... I was convinced. I was surprised when I, uh, when I got The Last of Us two and Red Dead because those both come on. Oh, I didn't have Red Dead. I bought Red Dead Digital, but if you buy it physical, it comes with a second disc and the second go and the set. Uh, Last of Us does. Oh, that as an well. installation, an installation disc and a play disc. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like what? Yeah, yeah. Because that's what they did with Final Fantasy th- uh, seven remake. Yeah, it has an installation disc and a play disc. Yeah, I have the digital <clears throat> download through PS Plus, but. Uh, I, I have both. Oh, nice. Because I bought it physically at launch. Mm, nice. And um, did I buy it or did I get it? I think I... I think I... No, I got it. I didn't Lucky even buy you. it. Yeah, I, I got it um, because my because my buddy was like, you know, we need to play this. So he bought, a, he bought a copy for himself. He bought a copy for me. 
um, so that we could play it and finish it. And like he played it and finished it before I did. And then I played it and I finished it. And we both agreed it was good. Um, but yeah, I don't have a PlayStation 5, so I don't have Integrate. So yeah. Um, but yeah, that what, one came the... on two discs. Uh, I'm just trying to think of... Uh, so like when a new Pope gets chosen, mm-hmm. they have a word for the for that process. I, just, I know. I don't. I don't know what that is either. Yeah, because then, like, when they choose a pope, there's white smoke, and when they don't choose a pope, there's black smoke. And uh, I just can't think of the name. But when you said, like, we both agreed that it was good, I was like, oh, this is just like the council has decided. <laughs> <laughs> the council of RPG weeds has yeah, decided. Has decided. We have white smoke. Oh no! Yay! <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Oh man. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm gonna look it up. I don't know what it is, but that popped into my mind. <laughs> Speak, speaking of people agreeing on stuff, so we finally have had the reveal of the final Smash character. Oh yes, and I'm gonna be compl- like, so I think I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast before. If I did, it was very brief. I do not remember. I don't think you remember. No. Um. I usually but, nod and smile. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Um, okay, so Sora got announced as the final character for Smash, which is a surprisingly big deal for a bunch of reasons. But for me, the most important reason why this is a big deal is because the not just where Sora comes from, which is Kingdom Hearts, but how Kingdom Hearts came to be and basically who owns the rights to the character. Because essentially, Sora is a shared character, but it's more owned by Square than by Disney. Like, Disney aspects about Sora, like um, his initial look from the first game is like based off of Mickey Mouse. That's why he has those big yellow shoes and like the, the, the big red shorts. Um, for example, like that's part of the design. The Keyblade, of course, having the this, the Mickey emblem on it is part of it as well. But then, of course, you have the fact that he has two companions, literally Donald Duck and, Go- and Goofy. You know, so they're two, like, one of the staple, they're two of the staple characters from Disney. How are you going to integrate Disney stuff? And how are you going to work out with Disney how that's going to be okay because everybody knows Disney is very protective about their stuff. Like if you thought Nintendo was protective about their stuff, you have not experienced like how protective Disney is with their stuff. Oh my gosh. It like, it goes through so many committees. You don't even know who you want, who you need to essentially complain to. If you want a specific Disney thing made. So it's like Disney is like this weird super mega entity essentially that is just yeah it's not you can't really approach them as a normal person I mean let alone as a normal person but also as a company to do stuff so it's amazing that Sora is in it because of this and the way they from what I can tell from how the how the character is in the game and how he's and how the game is being represented in Smash is the only thing that I can imagine is that they had to agree on that they were going to use OG Sora because that's the most iconic look, which makes sense. 
And then which Keyblade are they going to have him use? Because they could have technically have him wield a different Keyblade that does not have the Mickey icon on it. But the iconic Keyblade is the first one that he gets, which is just the basic Kingdom Key. That has the Mickey logo on it. Everything else, so any special moves that he got in later games that involve like the Disney rides, like for example, Kingdom Hearts 3, he has like these special moves that are based on Disney rides, not in here. Donald, Goofy, not in here. They have nothing to do with his Final Smash. His Final Smash is based off the ending of the first game, and it's basically something that he does, which is lock the key to the Kingdom Heart. It's a whole thing. I'm not even going to try to explain the lore of Kingdom Hearts because if there is any game story in the game industry that is any more complicated than Kingdom Hearts, I have not found it yet because Kingdom Hearts is complicated to the max. I've only so, played the first one on PS2 and I've never finished it, but already then I was like, Ugh. that was honestly the first one is very basic. Okay. Like God. It, the first one is very basic. It gets weird when you start to consider that every game, literally every game. So even if it was a mobile game is canon. Oh my God. Think about it. They have so many different games. They have three numbered titles, but every other game that came out in between on every other platform is still canon. <laughs> they must have appointed like a dude, like a chief canon officer that just makes sure that everything is okay in the whole universe because... And his name is Tetsuya Nomura. Really? Yeah, of course. The, like Kingdom Hearts is his baby. Like, oh, it's I didn't know. His brainchild. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah, thought he was more the like the Final Fantasy dude. No, no, no. Like, you don't know about Sakaguchi? No, but Tetsuya Nomura also did Final Fantasy. Like, he did yeah, 7 I mean, and the remake and stuff at 13. and. Yeah, but he did, like, artwork for 7. And, like, he didn't direct a di- he didn't even direct a Final Fantasy until... 13? The first is 13? 10? I want to oh. say 10. No, no, sorry. Here, Nobusakuchi did 10 as last. So, 12, sorry. 12 was, I think, the first one that he, like, directed fully. And then he did 13. And 15. And, well, he started with 15, but he took so long that someone else had to take over so that he can actually do Kingdom Hearts 3. Wow. Which, again, surprised everybody that the fact that it actually came out because this dude takes forever to do things. But that's because he's mostly stuck on, like, character designs. The reason why you see characters with a lot of belt buckles and zippers, that's why. It's his thing. Like, if you see, like, a character with a lot of that aspect... From a Square Enix title, you can tell right away, oh, it was probably designed by uh, Tetsuya Nomura. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, if you, have, if you see any Final Fantasy character or any Square Enix characters that look especially anime, even more anime than you think they should, it's Tetsuya Nomura. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't think he's ever designed a character that does not have spiky hair. <laughs> Uh, World Ends With You, also Nomura. If you know that title, if you've seen like the artwork of it, then you're like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Mm. What Michael says is basically. Okay. Max. So Max is saying it's making sense. Oh my gosh, I'm going to keep that on there. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I'm gonna. They showed. Uh, I think they released an updated demo for the Origin Final Fantasy game on the PS5. But oh like, my! Nobody goodness. cares. I think to be honest, because it was. I don't. I never played the demo, but like when it was announced during E3, it looked horrible. Like that I, demo was received. So the de- first of all, the demo was not good. Yeah. The demo was received very badly, and then this new demo had some like new story stuff in it, and it's so cringy and so bad. Wow. Just uh, I look at that, I'm like, like I don't know who to be angry with. Square Enix for allowing this or uh, Team Ninja because it's not being developed by Square Enix internally. It's oh, being developed by Team Ninja um, at uh, Koei, Koei Tecmo. Tecmo. Yeah. So I don't know if I should blame Team Ninja on this one. If this was their idea or because if it, this was their idea, then we should definitely be blaming Square Enix for saying that this is good. And if it's not, and if it's Square Enix that are that are saying that they should do this, then we should blame them even more because what are they smoking? I do not know what they're smoking. That I still want to play because I haven't played because it's only on PlayStation Five, so it makes it a bit more harder for me to actually try it. Um, just go to your friend Jay Prof. I, I legit. I, it's just been so. Uh, maybe I should. What, you still haven't t- even touched the DualSense? Nope. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought you'd done man. that by now. Nah, man. Rona, man. Makes it a bit more challenging to visit people. Okay. Now now less so, because now everybody got, you know... <laughs> but, uh... Everybody got jacked up, but, uh... <laughs> no, I should not say that. No, no, get va- please. Get, like, get, get vaxxed. Get vaxxed. The yeah, conspiracy theorists will hunt us down. Exactly. No, but um, I just haven't had like the time to like say like, hey, let, let's uh, let me swing by and uh, mm, you know, okay. play PlayStation. Um, yeah. So Sora, big deal. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. When is um, it coming out? He should be releasing on the 19th here and the 18th in the US. So there's like this time zone difference mm, thing okay. going on. Um, so that's going to be very exciting. Um, if you have Melody of Memories, the Kingdom Hearts music game thing, which is also canon, um, like if you have the save file for that game, then you unlock like a special arranged song uh, in Smash. So that's cool, I guess, um, if you're into that kind of thing. But yeah, the character looks really good. It was really fun to see everybody's reaction. Um, I uh, kind of lost my my uh, my marbles mostly because I didn't think Sora would ever make it. I had written Sora off so long ago um, that it was just Mission Impossible for them to to get. And I still admit it; it's the impossible dream made reality. And I don't know who they had pictures of at Square Enix or Disney or whatever, but whoever had that 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 <laughs> that contraband and was able to use it to get Sora into Smash, we thank you. <laughs> Not against smiling. Not against smiling. 
So the last thing that I uh, wanted to bring up uh, before we go to the second segment is two things came out this week, um, this past week. And one of them is Metroid Dread, which is great because I'll talk about it more in what we've been playing. But the other thing that came out the same day was the OLED Switch. And luckily for me, I was able to pre-order it last minute, like super last minute, because it was just being sold out everywhere. And I got my hands on one. Unfortunately, not the white one. But honestly, I don't care. As long as I have the system, that's what's important. I'm going to ask a, a, a question because I genuinely want to know. Yeah, sure. Are people getting the white one so that they can be like, oh, look at me, I have a Switch OLED. Or is it like... I think it's generally because they, for one, from the reviews that I've seen and from what I've heard from people, the white one is very nice, aesthetically very nice and very pleasing because the dock is also white. Yeah. The other thing I think is that people, like they have it in two flavors. You have the the white version and you have the neon blue and red. Yeah. The neon blue and red just looks like any old Switch that you can buy right now. So it's more... It's more so that they know distinctively that they bought something new and it feels to them that they bought something new than buying something that looks way too much like what they already own. I think that's I think that's mostly it. Okay. And I'm glad that they did that instead of going back to just pure like the gray. Because the gray Joy-Cons are fine. It's just they look so bland. Hey, like, hey, that's hey, why hey, hey. let's not talk bad, the... bad about my Switch, okay? Because I have the gray. The... One. Don't worry, I also have a gray Joy-Con. Don't worry, I I have okay. one Joy gray Joy-Con. And well, because like it felt like I've seen people online and like it, it it's like the same when a new phone like it, I see it with phones as well. It's like when a manufacturer releases a new phone, yeah. but it's like the 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 iterative up, update, but then they add a new color scheme. People yeah. always pick the colors, the different color scheme, and they're like so people can see that you have the new phone. And I'm like. Really, are you buying this phone for yourself or for others? Because I couldn't care less what kind of color you have. I'm going to be honest with that. I have never owned a different color other than a black phone. I have the same thing. Since, I have like, the same the thing. La- like the last non-smartphone that I had before I started, before smartphones became the norm, was this Sony Ericsson phone. Oh, and I you had those. them in, I love those. And, and you had them in two colors. You had them in like the, the white the white and like the gray outfit and then the black. Yeah. I bought the black. Yeah. I have never, I've never had not, I've never had a phone since then that was not black. Yeah. I love the Sony Ericsson's. They were so good. The only thing that I would have is like, they had this proprietary charging thingy. Oh my God. And the charging, the the charging dock. They broke so easily. Yeah. Yeah, Cause then you would have to put in all sorts of shapes and sizes to get it to charge. Because the the mechanism is just like it, yeah. I mean, but like I remember having the I think it was was Casino Royale. They brought out like this mm. new Sony Ericsson phone. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. They had one. Oh, of that the, was pretty. Yeah, and they had them in uh, in a like a chocolate brown color, and that was like I didn't have it myself. My uncle had that one, but it was so nice. This is like I don't like brown as a color, but I was like, whoa, that looks so sick on a phone, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's mostly it's mostly because people want to feel that they actually bought something new instead of something iterative, which yeah. it is. But okay, so um, maybe I think you should we, show I think, it first. 
Oh, yeah, I can show it. I put it here in my doc in my because I'm in my office, so it's here. Ooh, look at it. Oh, it just switched on. I need to turn that function off. By you know, way. I love the fact that there's no bezels or like minimal bezels because it yeah. just feels yeah, like a, a lot modern of, device. There is a lot of fingerprints because it the screen is very fingerprinty. Yeah. There's also like this special film across along it. So um yeah, so it, it looks kind of like this. But there is something very important. There is like some kind of film on the screen that you can peel peel off. Mm. Do not peel it off. Like okay. it's in the instruction manual. Do not peel it off. It's there to make sure that the screen remains pristine. Mm. You can put like a screen protector off it on it. That's fine. But do not like peel like the protective layer off it. Because mm. I'm pretty sure there are people that are gonna be like, oh, there's some kind of screen protector in there. Let me just tick, 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 tick. And then they accidentally peel it off and then they just ruin their screen. So okay. don't do that, first of all. Second of all, this thing feels very nice to hold. Um, so with, with the with the original Switch and like the with the remodel um, from 2019, they you can really tell that it's plastic. And with this, they used metal because, for example, they is like, it they just did the like kickstand that's metal or other parts as well? Um, I think the backing itself is plastic the kickstand is metal okay and that's good because that means it's sturdy and they they really put emphasis on the the hinges because they put out like a they they put out a developer interview like a a developer like spotlight thingy when the the oled switch launched on the website where they go into depth of like how iterative they went into designing this which tells you two things one Nintendo knew they messed up with the original kickstand. And two, they did not want to make the same mistake mm. twice. So they, they super engineered it into being like this. This is so smooth. A lot of people this compared so it to the uh, Microsoft Surface uh, kickstand. I have never tried it. I'm oh, me neither, but like from what I've I'm seen. I'm just going to take their word for it. Yeah, because the Surfaces also have like these crazy. I mean, like the first gen was like two modes, but like. Yeah. Uh, I think if you buy the latest, you can basically do the same as with your Switch. Yeah, you, so a lot I of can, I can flip it all the way here, and it just kind of floats, which is super cool when you put it on the table and take a picture of it. But mostly, and I don't think people... Um, and I, I didn't come up with this. I saw this in a... Uh, I think it was Game Explain um, that showed it off. You can use the kickstand to put the switch in what we call taped mode or tate mode, which is this vertical stand. And it's very stable and secure. And you can play games like, um, like if you have the Namco arcade collection, you can play Pac-Man vertically as intended. Um, You can play Ikaruga. If you play, if you have Ikaruga on it, you can play it that way. If you have Downwell, which is like a very vertical game, you can play vertically now. Nice. Like there is like there there is like this um flip the flip grip, thank you. I actually am a kickstart Kickstarter backer of the kick flip uh, of the flip grip, sorry. The flip grip, and I forgot the name of the game because I haven't used it in a while. But I backed it because of playing it games as intended vertically. But now I don't necessarily need to use that anymore because I could just put this on a table like this. And just play it, which is really cool. Nice. 
And I really like the feel of it, but most importantly, of course, the OLED screen is very, very nice. Like I've played Metroid Dread on it, and like the colors are popping, and they're so and like of course everybody's like, yeah, OLED, you know, so you have the truest blacks and like as soon as I took it out of the plastic and out of the box and out of the plastic, I noticed it right away because the screen was completely black. And I took a I took a picture and I put it on my Instagram. You can tell. Because both screens were off at the time from my launch switch and from the OLED switch. And you can tell that the OLED switch is like just black and the 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 the, the launch switch has this like kind of grayish Gray, look yeah. to it. And uh I don't know. Like so right now I'm able to play games on both with the same account, just not at the same time. But then again, how the heck would I do that? Um so what I'm gonna going to be doing is that I'm going to be putting my launch switch in the dock and it's not gonna leave again in the living room. And then I'm just gonna use my OLED as my daily driver. I do need a new case because the case that I currently have, I am not a fan of. I bought it at launch and I'm still using it. It's just too tight. Okay. Like this is what it's done. This is what has happened with that case. Because that's where the Joy-Cons are, and they're just basically pushing against the Joy-Cons. Wow. Okay. And I don't, I don't like that. So I need to get a one that's a little bit bigger, hmm. um, that has basically space for the Joy-Cons to to breathe, uh, as it were, and yeah. so I can put in more games. I noticed that um, um, they said, I think Nintendo itself said that the Joy-Cons have been improved, but yeah, they so will never be able to rule out drift. Yeah, and honestly, I think part of it is how people use the Joy-Cons, and part of it is also build quality for the Joy-Cons, and they said that they've been iterative ever since. How much, we will never really truly know. Um, but I if feel it's even that like... the Joy-Cons have an issue that because it's... the the Maybe I'm wrong, but because the analog stick is so low that there is more like pressure being put on it. And that's one of the reasons why oh, it's that's... prone to fail. Because like I, I by chance have my PlayStation DualShock controller here. And if you mm. look at like how, uh, you look mm. at like, okay, well, basically if you've held a DualShock, you, can, you know that this analog yeah. stick is pretty high. Yeah. So like it-, it no, I mean, The same thing goes for this. Yeah. So also like, high. Yeah. So like, I think that because it's so low in the casing, that it's more prone to fail. And that's why I really wonder how the Steam Deck is going to work out because I've seen the Teradown who have posted itself and they've showed how the how you can replace the, the analog stick. And it's actually really simple to do it. Um, and they've also shown the, the mechanism and it looked better than the Switch's uh, mechanism. So like the analog stick itself. Wait, who did the Teradown? Steam themselves? Valve themselves? Did yeah, it? Valve themselves. They released Is it that the week. same Teradown that they that they said, like, don't replace parts in the yeah. thingy, like the battery and stuff, yeah. otherwise you could die? Yeah. They're like, don't <laughs> replace the SSD because the SSD is specifically chosen for this model. It could have uh, EFI interference that could cause the, the Steam Deck to uh, behave strangely. Oh, man. Have you... Like, you've seen that video, right? I haven't watched it fully, but I've watched a part of it. Oh, my God. It's a pretty that, funny video. That that part... But, but, that part specifically is just... I'm like, oh, my God. That's, like, totally freaking hilarious. Yeah. I still wonder, because it's supposed to come out this year. I still wonder if it, it has a f- 
chance of being something. I mean, like on paper, it mm-hmm. it sounds amazing because it's basically like a small PC you have in your hand and you can do a lot of stuff with it. And maybe worst case scenario, you can just play GeForce Now games on it and, and take it on the go, um, which might work really well. But um, I, you know, it, it sounds like a too good to be true thing. So, um, well, at least with the 64 gig model, Am I saying that correctly? In the video, they advise you yeah. to use, they say around the storage part, they're like, don't upgrade the internal storage. Just use the yeah. ultra-fast SD card uh, option they have. But that is not fast enough. I know. Ah, oh, good grief. Like, it's fine. Like, for Switch, it's fine. Because it's because for Switch, the games are optimized to be played on that. You're putting PC games on an SD card. That is see... not optimized for SD I, I don't see myself playing Death Stranding off of a micro SD card on a I thing like that. Yeah, I don't even think that. Just like if you're gonna get a Steam Deck, honestly, this is. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but if you really want to, do not get the 64 gig model because you're just, uh, you're just wasting money at that point. Just, yeah. At that point, get a Switch. Actually, <laughs> get a Switch OLED. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, then at least you know that the games will run. Yeah. Um, if you put them on a micro SD card. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's probably Unless it. you have anything else. Wow, we actually talked about way more stuff, like uh, as always. <laughs> we always think like we don't have enough stuff to talk about. But we do. Because like I'm looking at like, can we do a little bit of behind the scenes like things? Yeah. Like we, pre- we, we, when we do stuff for the podcast, we always prepare stuff to talk about. And like we literally have only four things on there. Like the blue point thing, the GTA trilogy thing, the Switch OLED, and Sora. That's the only thing that I have on this list. And yet we talked about, I think, five other things on the side. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's how that's how we uh, reach these beautiful lengths. We just rap rap about stuff, and we'll come up to things that we forgot about that we didn't cover in the news. And then we'll cover it anyway. So that's how we do things. Um, But uh, thank you guys for watching so far or listening so far. Um, Stick around and we'll be right back with what we've been playing. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, with the second segment of Game Rivals, which is, of course, what we've been playing. So, Sean Templer, what have you been playing? Uh, I've actually been playing a lot lately. So, um, I strap uh, in, kids. <laughs> in the last episode, I mentioned that I had won um, Lost in Random in a giveaway. And I was in this, in doubt, like, okay, should I play it now or should I finish something else before playing it now? And I thought, like, you know what? I'm going to play it now and I'll see how far I get. Um, and I finished, I started playing it, like, last week and I finished it in the same week. Um, wow, okay. Yeah, I, I, like, put all my time into that. Um, it's a really cool game. I mean, the art style is super cool. Uh, the voice acting is really nice. Um, so, basically, in Lost and Random, you play as a character called Even. And she is uh, like this. She has a sister it's called Odd, and um, you're in this kingdom in which um, a queen 
decides mostly what happens. She rolls a dice. And then in some of the areas or some of the worlds, it impacts what they will do. So, for example, um, you get to this second town. It's called Two Town. And then uh, the queen rolls a dice every day. And the uniqueness of that town is that everybody has a split personality. So like a good personality and a bad personality. And when it's the bad dice, people will have the whole bad personality for the whole day. And if it's the other dice, it will be the good personality for the whole day. And so like every, there are six worlds or six towns and all are inspired by a number of a dice. And um, you are a oneer, So you're like in the bottom level. You're like in the gutter, as they call it. Um, and then every child that turns 12 has to roll a dice. And based on what comes out of that dice roll, it will determine their future within the kingdom. Um, and your sister rolls a six, meaning she goes to stay with the queen. Uh, but your sister doesn't want to, and you get separated from her, and you kind of get sad. And then the whole mission is to find your sister and hopefully save her from the queen. And then along the way, you learn that in the in the past, in the kingdoms, there were dice yielders, and these dice gave special powers. And then by chance, you run into a dice who is called Dicey, and which is literally a big ass dice that lives and talks to you. <laughs> He's super cute, and uh, Dicey gives you powers, so he basically helps you out in combat. So how it works is, is you have cards, and those cards do stuff. So a card could be a weapon like a sword or a card could be like a shield or a card could be like an area of effect uh, attack. And then the way it works is you have to gather crystals during combat. You can do that in multiple ways. So enemies have crystals on them that pop up and you can shoot them with a slingshot. And when you've gathered X amount of crystals, you have a full hand of cards and then you roll dicey. And then based on the amount of, dice you roll you get points to spend on those cards so like you you don't have six in the beginning so you can roll like up to three and then as you progress further you get more dice rolls and then eventually you can roll a six so then if you have a six you can get like a really strong weapon you get like a health potion to use and you can use like um a shield because you have six points to divide over your cards and then you can customize your deck. You can buy new cards. So this, it's a pretty elaborate system. Um, it, it's really fun. Um, mm-hmm. I liked the story. I liked the whole exploration part. It felt like a, a little bit like an RPG because you have main quests and side quests. And the game is super wacky. Uh, the only thing I didn't like is the combat because it gets super repetitive. Because mm. basically, if you find... like Pretty early on, I had like a strong deck. And then throughout the whole game, I didn't have to change my deck. And the combat is simple because there's this dodge ability you have. So you could, for example, if an enemy is about to hit you, you can do a dodge. And then if you dodge through them, you gather all the crystals they have on them. And if you do that enough, you have enough crystals to get a full hand. And then you can just roll the dice. So the combat felt a little bit repetitive. But besides that, definitely love the game. Um, it's one of those games that completely surprised me. Um, and I think that because I know somebody that was super enthusiastic about the game and she did the giveaway on yeah. Instagram who I who I won the key through. And um, it's because she was so enthusiastic about the game. I thought, like, yeah, hey, you should really play it. It's really cool. So I think that if, like, 
if I hadn't won in, won the key, I still would have bought the game. And this is one of those games, like it's done through the EA Originals program. Um, it's really a game that I would recommend to everyone. And yet, it's not really promoted that much by EA. No, that 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 part I do not understand because it got good reviews. And it's like, I think it's one of those games that really gets big because of word of mouth. Um but yeah, I, mean, I hope it. Honestly, I hope it does because it sounds like it sounds like a lot of fun. It's a super fun game, and it's available on all platforms like Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, PC. I I definitely recommend it. I mean, it's one of those games. I don't think it's even full price. So I think like if you're looking for a fun indie game this holiday season, this is one yeah. of those perfect games. Um, besides that, I started playing some more Mass Effect Three. It's Mass Effect. I just need to finish the game. It's gonna <laughs> cost me hours, and just you know, the, the annoying part is is. I want to finish yeah. the game so I can delete it because it's taking up 100 gigs on my PlayStation instead of me actually wanting to finish the game. It's a oh, bad Oh, you could reason. always get a... Uh, SSD a, expansion. A SSD expansion. Well, I'm, I'm looking into it. I've actually picked out an SSD. I haven't ordered it yet because I'm waiting for a specific type of uh, heat sink, which is coming out soon. Um, so I'm, I'm waiting for that. And then I played uh, Yakuza 3. I started playing that one. Um, I I have mixed feelings about it so far. I'm in chapter three or four. Um, mm-hmm. I know that Yakuza Kiwami one and two were remade with the Yakuza six engine, I believe, and these are literally three is a, a remaster, so you can really yeah. see like it's a PS3 game that got remastered. It's not as pretty yeah. as, as Kiwami one and two, and the story drags out a lot in the beginning. So you're like, you still play with Kiryu, Kazuma, Kiryu, and you are now running an orphanage in Okinawa and um, you're taking care of these kids. But like the first four or three chapters, you're basically running around doing errands for these kids. And they're like, really? And then when you get to Okinawa, the city, because you can go there, you walk on the streets and then you get random, like in the first two, you could walk on the streets and then random people would approach you to fight you, for example. And then you, you could see those on the map and you could outrun them if you didn't feel like fighting them. But here you can't because it sometimes just randomly happens that they spawn in front of you and they're like, hey, you. And then they walk up to you and then they want to fight you. And then w- while you're doing a mission, it's really annoying that that happens because you're like, yeah. I'm not in the mood to kick your ass. Just leave me alone, you know? Um so I, th- I think it will probably get better. Um, mm. But like the first two or three hours is really boring. I'm like, come on, man. I don't have time for this. I'm not a babysitter. But it will probably get better as I play it. Yeah, I'm sure it'll get better. Yeah. Um, actually, actually yeah. before you continue, because we did, I, how did I totally flake on this piece of news? The director, I think... I don't think we talked about this before, but the director was rumored to be leaving Sega. Okay. Um, is it Nagoshi? I think it's Nagoshi. Um, he was rumored to be leaving Sega for like NetEase. They were trying to like court him. Okay. So he was like in talks and now it's been confirmed that he's leaving Sega. So I'm, oh, wow. I'm assuming that that deal went through. Okay. And um, like the, I think like the code, not the code director, but like the, like the dude below him, it's like his like one of his best friends as well at the company and stuff. He's also leaving too. Oh, so wow. they're both leaving the, the 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 Yakuza studio. Okay. The Yakuza studio has like new management. 
Mm. But they're basically people that were already there. Like they had like this whole post about it. And like, I seriously, I love that studio for one really reason and one reason only. Okay, besides the game, good games. Um, they all look like they should be part of a Yakuza. <laughs> like the, like the, like the, 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 what do you call it? The, the, the staff photo of like the executives. There's like five or six of them. And they're all standing in line. They're all dressed in black. And they're all looking sharp. Oh, it's wow. like, oh, okay. They know. They know what studio they work for. Nice. <laughs> well, those, those things are cool. I mean, yeah. I, I want to... I bought 3, 4, 5, and 6 of Yakuza in the, in the last sale. And if, after I finish it, I want to play Judgment. Because I heard good stuff about that. And I also want to play Lost Judgment. They got... It, Came out just that recently. one is kind of mixed. Yeah, it has mixed reviews, but I'm like, you know, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but like, the Yakuza games are fun. I would definitely recommend them because they have like really cool stories and the combat's fun, um, and it's a little bit goofy. I mean, goofy can be can be nice. Um, but yeah, let's see how far I get along before it drives me crazy. And then um, I played. Uh, what did I play? I played more. If I'm thinking if I played something else before I talk about the game that I finally played. Um, no, I think that's it. So this week, I finally got my hands on Battlefield 2042. The the, the open beta has gone live. Um, well, the and, beta for people that pre-ordered. Yeah, so the, the pre-order beta was on the 7th. And the open beta started yesterday. But by the time this airs, it will be over. I tried to download it and it said you had to buy the game. Oh, that's weird. I was able to preload it, but I couldn't play it until yesterday. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like a friend of mine particip- participated in the technical alpha. And he said it feels a lot like Battlefield 3. So that gave me hope. And now that I've played it myself, I am like... This is the Battlefield 3 success sequel we always wanted but never got. It is just so good. I mean, oh, I I am so I had the biggest smile in the world while I was playing that game. The gunplay is just spot on. Um they've introduced mechanics into the game which make combat far more dynamic instead of static. So, like for example, they have they've added something which is called the plus system. So um in previous Battlefield games, you would have roles, and those roles would have specific weapons. So like an assault, mm. or an engineer, or a medic, or a scope, or a recon. Now what they've done is they've introduced operators, kind of like in Rainbow Six. And the operators have special abilities. So there's one which has a grappling hook, for example. Or one is specifically focused more in medic abilities. Or one mm. has a bit more engineer-tailored abilities. So you first start out by choosing an operator. And then you can either pick any gun you want, which is different than others or you can pick specific loadouts so you can you can be the medic operator that has one medic ability but also carries a bazooka which wouldn't make sense in other battlefield games but you Mm. can so besides mixing and matching there then when you get into combat they've have the plus system so that's weapon customization on the fly so you don't have to go into menus and stuff like that On, on playstation you keep l1 pressed and it's kind of like in Crisis. Your gun comes up in front of you, and then you see like this plus over your weapon, and it has all the attachments that you can put on. So different scopes, different grips, ammo types, barrel types. And I, I don't know if it's a difference in the build, because I played both the PS5 version and the PC version. 
in a PC version, when you switch an attachment, you can see um, the difference it will have on the attributes with like the the numbers next to it in a red or a green. So it will say plus five green on handling or minus three red on power. Whereas on the PS5 build, it just shows the numbers going down. So it'll shift, but it won't give you like the red or the green. So you won't actually see the benefit or the, the disadvantage of a certain uh, attachment is clearly on the PC. I think it's like a build thingy. Um, mm. But what that system enables you is to make combat far more dynamic because there are instances in which I see enemies in the distance. So I switch out long-range ammo, long-range scope, long-range barrel. I switch to single fire and I just start shooting single fire long-range and killing enemies. Then when I get into a more urban setting, I switch my weapon around, short-range scope, short-range barrel, short-range ammo, far more ammo or faster ammo. And then I can just quickly act in that uh, close quarters combat situation. Whereas in the past, you would be like, oh crap, I put a heavy barrel on it and a four times scope, but I'm like in a super short distance. Um, I, I have, I'm having too much recoil and I'm zooming in too far, so I can't actually use the weapon as much as I want. So we'd have to switch to like an SMG class. But because of that plus system making combat so dynamic and the switching of the attachments is so quick on the fly, there were like these instances in which I was like, whoa, I feel like a far more jack of all trades kind of player instead of specifically focused on my role. And I, I really enjoyed that part. I didn't expect it to have such an impact on the combat. Um, yeah. I played right. it both on PS5 and on PC. It's a really like heavy game for PC. So I could just run it at full HD, min- medium settings, 60 FPS, and it looked okay. But because I had played the PS5 version first, I was like, holy shit, the PS5 build looks really nice. Um, like a subtle difference I noticed is that uh, they have dual. I don't know if it's specific dual sense implementation, but what I felt in the dual sense is when you're running around, you can feel the footsteps, but you can also mm-hmm. feel the difference in the materials of the footsteps. So if you're running on a hard surface, the the dual sense will specifically vibrate in areas harder or softer. So I was like, whoa, this feels really cool. Um, there are no adaptive triggers there. At least I haven't seen anything, so maybe they'll add it after launch. Um, there's also a new mechanic in which you can basically, because the maps are so huge with 128 people, um, mm. there is this tablet you can use to uh, drop in stuff. So you can drop in a tank or you can drop in a jeep to, to get over the map quicker. You can drop oh, in... Of course. Yeah, there's a limit. So you can't like, not, not everybody can spawn in a tank. Yeah. Um, but you can also drop in, for example, like a ranger, which is this robo dog companion, which is really cool because he will follow. You saw it in the trailer, maybe. Is this dog which has like a 50 cal machine gun mounted on him and he just follows you? Man, I saw so many crazy things <laughs> in that trailer. I don't, I, I couldn't even keep up with it. The only question I have for, with you right now is Did you go into a tornado and did you shoot someone with a rocket launcher in a tornado? Um, well, funnily enough, I, um, I had my first tornado yesterday because what they did is, is for them, there's only one map. It's called Orbital. It's a mix of Caspian border and Firestorm. It feels like that from Battlefield three. 
um, they said that they turned the probability of the, the tornado down for the beta. So it's like a 10%, but in the retail version, it will be more. Um, the funny thing is, is when a tornado happens, everybody starts running towards it instead of running away from it. <laughs> so what you'll notice is there's dynamic weather in the game, I think. So it'll yeah. be rain, sunshine, and then suddenly it starts to rain and it starts to storm. And then eventually the tornado appears and the tornado sweeps over the whole map. You can see like this huge red circle on your map. And as soon as I saw it, I started running towards it. And like everybody was running towards the tornado. I was like, ooh, a tornado. And then when you... Been... <laughs> yeah. Don't do this in real life, kids. This is a video game we're yeah. talking about. So, so when, you get close, when you get close enough to the tornado, it sucks you in. But like the funny thing is, is like while I was running towards the tornado, I saw airplanes flying around in the tornado, helicopters in it, tanks. It's like the most crazy stuff happening. And then I got into it and then I was able to pull my parachute out and I kind of wanted to steer away. But if the tornado sucks up debris and it hits you, it will cause damage. So I was eventually killed by debris in the tornado, (laughs) (laughs) which sucked. Um, But yeah, I mean... Yeah, I'm in the tornado. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was basically that. But it's... It's really good. It's really, really good. I mean, um, I am looking forward to playing it. It's coming out next month. I'm, I'm happy that they pushed the game a little bit. I, was, I think it's coming out like on November 19th. Um, I'm definitely going to be able to... Uh, I don't know if I have taken time off. Otherwise, I will. But like, I am going to sink so much hours into this. Uh, yeah, it just feels right. And I'm really looking yeah, forward it- to it. If, if for some reason we're unable to do the podcast <laughs> after November 19th, you know now why. you know why. Yeah, you know why. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, if you're, if you're, I mean, Battlefield's doing uh, Second World War this year. It's called Vanguard. I mean, we talked about it. It didn't get me as excited as Battlefield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think I'm, a lot I'm of gonna, people are switching. Yeah, I think I'm going to see if the, if the beta is finally online. I'm going to try it at least if I can. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, I think there's one more beta coming this coming weekend as well. Something I don't, like that. I honestly don't know. I hope so. Um, it would be nice if they did, but I will check it out. I'll try and check it out if I can. I'm playing on a PlayStation Four, so I don't have that massive 120. It's just, well, it's still nice. It's I think so. it's 64, 64 or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fine. I mean, that's okay. I, mean, I, I don't care really. I, I, I just want to see if I can. I, I, I I want to I want to like I have never really played Battlefield outside of like Bad Company, which is also a good one, which is also really good. And I kind of wish they would do more Bad Company, but I don't think that they're ever going to touch Bad Company ever again. For, I don't know because like, Bad Company uh, Two was really good. I no, I think there are like a bunch of reasons why they can't do like a new Bad Company. Okay, because like for years there has been rumors floating around that they were doing a Bad Company Three. Really? Because yeah. I, I legit thought there were rumors going around that there's a reason why they can't do a new bad company. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm Maybe. happy that they stuck to this because after the disappointment that eventually became Battlefield Five, um, this oh, you is were like so a disappointed. Yeah, I mean, like it had too many ups and downs. And, like there were moments when the game was really good, but there were moments like the game was really bad, and that was like really, really bad. Do you think they'll bring back the Zeppelin in 42? Because like 42 basically has all the all the eras of like first person shooter like military that you've seen so like World War 
one i think world war ii like modern day and like future stuff so i don't know if it's i mean in this beta you can only play the 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 conquest mode there's no portal what you're talking about um but they have said that they will keep on adding content to portal um i think they're like in the beginning just doing like a base asset thingy and then like people can just play with that and experiment with that and then they'll probably just keep on adding content i think it'd be super cool if they added zeppelins to the game because um though battlefield one was it actually a good battlefield game i had a lot of fun running on the zeppelins with that one um yeah i mean i had one in the sense in the in the beta yesterday that there's this rocket in the map and um there there's a point where they're getting ready to launch the rocket and from that point on you can damage the rocket and then eventually blow it up so um eventually people start shooting and trying to destroy the rocket and then just before it destroyed i landed on the platform where the rocket is and suddenly shit starts to blow up and all around me and i'm just trying to get away from it because i just don't want to die you know and it felt like something out of a movie like running and debris everywhere and explosions and stuff like that i'm like holy shit come on oh sorry what's going on you know like running around and it's just crazy it's just crazy. Uh, and I mean, that's, I think that's the selling point of Battlefield. It's just crazy, fun, filled with Battlefield moments. Yeah. I shot a, I shot a, a helicopter out of the air with a bazooka. I never do that. I was like, oh, you know, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think anybody would do that. That would be weird. Yeah, but like, I'm, I'm aiming here. I'm like, oh, maybe if I shoot there and I, pop, I did it, and then I shot, shot the guy out of the air. I'm like, oh, whoa, I did that? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that honestly, that just reminds me of Battlefield Heroes and how that did not really get a chance to bloom. Especially, yeah. like I think Battlefield Heroes came out way too early because if it came out around the time that Fortnite, Fortnite was being popular, I think yeah. it would have done gangbusters. Because they were they they were essentially doing what Fortnite is doing before Fortnite, and it was browser based. It was browser based, and it was team based because yeah. you know Battlefield is team based. Yeah. Ah, uh, oh man, I kind of miss Battlefield Heroes. Yeah. Oh well. All right. Uh, I guess is there anything else you want to share about Battlefield 1942? Uh, 2020, 2042. 2042. Yes. Okay. Wrong, wrong, wrong year. Wrong, yeah, year. wrong, wrong century. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like, if you're looking for a new shooter and you're a little bit tired of Call of Duty, I think this is the perfect time to switch. Um, I know a lot of people that are considering switching. I'm like, I told the, the Call of Duty group I play with already, like, I don't care about y'all, I'm switching. So, like, if y'all want to play Warzone, y'all play Warzone. But you won't find me in Verdansk or on Rebirth Island. I will be in Battlefield 2042 for the rest of the year. So, um, you know, and they were like, uh, yeah, okay, well, maybe we should give it a chance. So, yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> that's my sales pitch do it <laughs> yeah <sighs> but hey that's what i've been playing what have you been playing? yeah all right so uh well i think yeah so basically i've been playing more persona 5 royal oh um, nice i've, I've seen that further. i've seen you on playstation saying that playing that did persona yeah. get a ps3 release as well persona 5 yeah 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 the, like the main not the not royal, not the one that I'm playing. Yeah, the because I saw playing, like a ultimate the edition base or something. one is okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it because it was first announced for PlayStation Three, that took forever and a half. And then the PlayStation <laughs> Four came out and was like, 
well, we kind of have to put it on four now too. Um, so they did it for PlayStation Three and PlayStation Four, um, which was honestly, I'm actually surprised that they didn't just outright cancel it. But I think because they didn't want to anger anybody that was still on PlayStation Three, mm-hmm. especially in Japan. Yeah. Um, so they just did both. So mm-hmm. it came out okay. for PlayStation Three and PlayStation Four, but Persona Four Royal. Five what I'm, what I'm uh, five royal what I'm playing is PlayStation. I think it's PlayStation Four only. Okay. So there's no PlayStation um, Three version. Obviously. Okay. Because that would serve absolutely no one. <laughs> yeah, I saw it yeah. in like a video, and I was like, "Oh, Persona Five? Did that come out on PS3?" Yeah, it was it like it was announced. I think in 2012 with like a teaser video. So, mm. like, right before the PlayStation uh, 4 got announced and released. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so, that was, like, a year or so before. Maybe even two years before that. I'm not 100% sure. So, that was, like, a long time coming. I mean, the reason why Catherine exists is because the team was experimenting with their HD tool set and seeing if that the art style of Persona can translate into, like, HD because before that, the only thing that they had done was PlayStation 2 stuff and PlayStation 1. And the most recent game that was out at the time was Persona 4. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I played Persona 4 originally on the PlayStation 2 before I got the Vita version. Hmm. Yeah. I'm still waiting for them to just bring that out on Switch, but I don't think it's ever going to happen <laughs> at this point. So I gave up and I bought it. That, that's why I bought. That's why I'm currently playing Royal now on my PlayStation Four because I just got grew tired of waiting. And so far, it has not disappointed me yet. But at the same time, I was like, should I stream this? And no, I made the right decision not to stream it because there's a lot of gosh darn cutscenes in it. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, I love the story and I love the characters. The characters are a lot of fun. Like they are so fun and unique and they all have their own stories and they all grow in their own way and it's fun to help them and like talk to them and like hang out with them and go play darts and go play pool or just kick it and like watch a movie and like what listen to their commentary or you know just doing stuff and of course like the the combat is fun like that i mean it's turn-based if you're not a fan of turn-based i don't think Persona 5 Royal is going to change your mind. But if you are a fan of turn-based JRPGs, this is one of the best ones I've played so far. Um, Like, the combat is really good, and I have reached a point where where you can't do just basic stuff. And I kind of made my characters, or at least my personas for my main character, a bit lopsided, because you now need to use, like, stuff like to get rid of status ailments and stuff like that and those items tend to be rare to buy so you should rely on abilities that you can get with your personas and that's where i kind of messed up (laughs) so that's fun um so that's fun so i i i had a really difficult boss battle that i finally beat and now i'm like okay i need to kind of re rethink this stuff and i need to um, I need to figure out what it is. Uh, like, I need to refigure out how I'm going to rebalance all those personas and all those moves. And I need some healing stuff. And like, 
uh there's a lot of stuff that i have to think about <laughs> besides besides the story and i need to get into it and i have to make sure that i'm also making the right um connections and like social links and stuff like that so i can actually get to the like the post credit stuff um because a friend of mine told me he's like oh make sure like you befriend these three characters because if you don't the post the post character the post um story stuff is not accessible and you have to play the game all over again oh wow yeah <laughs> so i don't want to play through it twice i just want to make sure i get it right away so i've already befriended i've already maxed out one of the characters so there's only two more to go but those have way higher levels that i need to reach so i'm hoping i'll be able to do that and not mess up okay well yeah i mean like it's not my type of game i know it's available the normal version is available in the playstation plus collection but just uh, it is yeah, yeah, it's the normal. Give it a it, try. It's not raw. Yeah, maybe I will, but I don't know. Give it a try. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, it, nobody's it, been, and you tried it as well. I've asked others, but like nobody's been able to tell me a convincing, like tell it in such a way that I'm like convinced that like, oh, I want to try this. And you've tried and others have tried. Like I, I always say like, what's so special about Persona? And they're like, yeah, it's this and this. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but. Uh, okay, it doesn't okay. Do honestly, I'm just I'm just gonna break it down for you very very simply right now. So in terms of like Persona the franchise, there's two things that are very well, three things that are really really fun about it. The combat, because the for a turn-based game, the combat is very deep. The characters, because like I said before, the characters are very unique and very fun, and you just want to be their friends. Um <laughs> especially the teammates like there are like characters that are like not part of your team but they're also very interesting and unique and you want to get to know them more okay um so that's two and three is just the gosh darn aesthetics of the game man just i, I do think it, it looks really cool so pretty and the music is so good like those three elements alone i'm like if you have the ability to try it out because it's part of the PlayStation Plus collection on your PlayStation 5, do it. Like, at least um, play, like, the first five or ten hours or so. Like, if you're still not a fan, that's fine. It's a JRPG. You need to give it time. Yeah. Um, like, at least try it. If, you, if, you, if you're not convinced by the characters or the stories or the aesthetics, fine. At least you gave it a shot. Yeah. I think that's so the issue for me that like yeah. I have to invest five to ten hours to figure out if I like it or not. Yeah, you need more to you need to invest more into Monster Hunter than that. So five to ten is fine. That's why I don't play Monster Hunter. <laughs> well, no, it's because you're scared of me teaching you how to play Monster no, Hunter. Not at all. I really couldn't care about that, but like I don't it, that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> I still say we should we should do a stream on Monster Hunter, but I think you sold Monster Hunter, or do you still have? I it? never bought it. I thought you got it like cheap. What Monster Hunters for the Switch? Yeah. No, no, no. I never got it. I always said like I would be the guy that bought it off the poor fool that thought it was nice, but eventually after playing I it for you like, did. no, I didn't. But I was. Huh. But I didn't. Yeah. I thought you. I found still. the poor fool that wanted that wanted to sell it for cheap. But I bet I if I look now, I'll probably find lots of poor fools that are like, "Oh, I really thought it was a cool game, but it wasn't for me." At yeah. least then, yeah. Um, yeah. So I played that. 
I also, of course, played Super Metroid. I beat Super Metroid on my stream. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that was a moment. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I watched the first few I, streams where you played it. So, Like, I literally beat it the day before Dread came out. Oh, shit. Timing. So I was really happy. <laughs> and I was really tired. Um, but yeah, I I beat it on stream, and it was really exciting. And like I, I told the mother brain that she could sort off. Um <laughs> But yeah, that that here's the funny part. So there's, so I beat the boss before the last, and the final boss was easier than the boss prior because the boss prior had like a like a crap ton of health. Oh shit! So I eventually I just got sick of it and I just looked up like strategy to beat him on like game facts, and then I found out that he had a lot of health, so I had to use super missiles. And I had to get 30 shots in. Oh, wow. And I only had 28 missiles. Oh, my God. And you always miss at least a percentage of the shots that you take. So after that, I had to use my charge beam, which takes a while to charge. And if he hits me, I have to recharge. Oh, man. So thank goodness I was playing on the Switch with the Nintendo Switch Online service. Because that has a very generous rewind feature. If it wasn't for that, I think I would still be playing that game right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> so thank you, rewind feature. I Like I said on the stream, I don't care that I used the rewind feature. It is there to be used. I was about so to say I the same thing. <laughs> so I used it. And I beat Super Metroid on my own for the first time ever. You probably never abused uh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> not in the not early on, but later in like with the later, but like the last three, bo- the last two bosses. Sorry, not the final boss. The bo- I didn't even need it for the final boss. Mm. That's how surprisingly easy it was. It was more challenging to get to the final boss than the final boss. No, sorry, I lied. I actually did. It sounds like a, a boss battle for like Returnal. Twice. Uh, kinda well, kinda because it's a big giant brain, hmm. hence yeah. the name Mother Brain. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's really gross. Okay, yeah. but uh, I uh, I turned that thing into dust, so I don't care. Yay! And then I started playing Metroid Dread, of course, because that came out. Uh, played it on my beautiful Switch OLED. Um, I streamed it a little bit as well. I want to say that there's another game that. I- oh, right, yeah. Sora! So that got me very excited to play Kingdom Hearts again. And I did start playing Kingdom Hearts like months ago on my PlayStation 4 because I got the all-in collection, which again, I forgot to talk about in the news. So with Sora's announcement, they also announced that for the first time, finally, all the Kingdom Hearts games, the collections were coming to a Nintendo console. They were coming to Switch in cloud form. Oh, wow. That sucks. Yeah, that was kind of a pisser. Um, Because the first first collection was on PlayStation 3. They could have easily ported that if they wanted to. The second one is a little bit more challenging because that one did not come out on the PlayStation 3. It came out on the PlayStation 4, but apparently that one had issues. So they'd have to fix the issues... So they'd be able to port it, okay. technically. The third one, I wouldn't even mind if that was Moon's Cloud because it's Kingdom Hearts 3, 
And if you've ever seen a trailer of Kingdom Hearts 3, that thing is filled to the brim with um, particle effects. Thank you, particle effects. I just took a um, wild guess, but those no, are generally are pretty tough on a, on a console. Yeah. yeah, so fine. Cloud version of Kingdom Hearts 3, I could have accepted. But the other two? No. I feel like Square Enix did the bare minimum at that point. And yeah, honestly, I would like if I have the all in one collection on my PlayStation, I would have happily done the same thing again if the first two collections were like just download or like buy the physical copy mm-hmm. cloud version nah fan nah fan you're 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 just sabotaging yourself at that point because even like um uh, uh dying light like the first game is coming out like on switch like they're porting it to switch second game is coming out on cloud i can completely understand it and i can completely respect that but at least i can see they actually put effort into porting the first game yeah. So that's a little disappointing. Um, so I played a little bit of that. Um, I also played a little bit of Super Mario Bros. 3 on my Switch. The only reason I did that is because, you know, the OLED screen, um, most NES games have a lot of blacks in them. So I wanted to see how that looks. But then you realize that they also kind of blow up the graphics. So it looks kind of weird and like the the pixels look kind of weird. And I don't know if it was specifically that game. So I have to try it with another game and I have to try it with Super Nintendo games. But if that's what they look like, I think I'll stick to playing those games docked. Because it looked a little bit weird. But maybe it's because I set my screen to vivid. Oh, by default, like the screen's like color balance is set to vivid. So maybe I should switch to the standard and maybe that will help a little bit. Can you adjust that? I didn't know. Yeah, you have like two different like color settings. You have Vivid, which is the default. It's like very like in your face. Yeah. Um, So I like with Metroid Dread, I even turned on the brightness in game so that it the game looks way more moodier, um, which like it really like it really brings out the atmosphere in Metroid Dread. I read, by the way, just now that the uh, film that's over the screen is meant as a anti-scratch film. Well, we'll see. <laughs> There's only one way to find out. I'm not going to scratch it. No, no, no. Like, only time will tell. Exactly. That's what I was also aiming Yeah. <laughs> I hope you don't um, get, like, a... Because you showed me your other Switch, which is miss- yeah. literally missing, like, a piece from the backplate. Like, I hope this one lasts longer. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to last... Like, a lot of reviews were saying this, and I was like, okay... And then I have it myself, but it really feels more premium than like the regular Switch. Oh, well, that's nice. Which is very nice because for for like I said before, the kickstand is made of metal, so that already. Plus, they textured the back, so the actual back feels has a nice little texture to it, mm-hmm. and it just feels really nice to like hold and like it feels more grippy. Like it feels like I have a better control of it, nice. and the Switch keeps get turning on when I pick it up. I need to turn that off. Um, so yeah, uh, that had that is it. That's what I've been playing. Nice. Well, sounds like a lot. Yeah. 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 Oh wait, sorry. There was was one more game. So last time we talked about the the direct. There was this one game called Voice of Cards, 
um, yes. directed by the same guy that didn't the that does the near franchise and dragon card and stuff like that and i was in the middle of playing the demo i finished the demo oh nice and i kind of really want to play that game really yeah like i don't know why but it works <laughs> okay like it's it's so i mean it's weird because it's literally just cards and you do have like this omnipotent uh um narrator okay that he doesn't do voices or anything he just narrates the cards mm. and like the combat is very basic turn-based combat but i like it i don't i don't hate it i like the aesthetics for did one. you uh, the play, music is very good did you play gwent or hearthstone okay but it's not like gwent or hearthstone it's not oh, so... a competitive game ah okay it's it's a it's literally you're it's literally a tabletop rpg mm, okay but you're playing it with cards everything is cards the lands are cards the towns are cards the people are cards the stores are cards the items everything is cards like with one exception and that is your um action meter if you even call it that it's like these gems that you can that you get every like every every time a character plays you get another gem and some moves require multiple gems to execute. So see that kind of as like a general mana pool. Um, and like if you're using special attacks or elemental attacks, you use at least one or two gems. I'm assuming the more you go into like, you'll have to use like three gems. Sometimes you have to use gems and you have to do a dice roll um, to determine like the effectiveness of that attack. Um, so that actually is pretty cool and ah oh gosh darn it what freaking yoko taro man jeez this guy man he's unstoppable at this point like he keeps like i think at this that i think someone said it on another podcast like sony oh, so sony square enix has essentially given him carte blanche and he can just basically make whatever game he wants or they're that or that or they're forcing him to make whatever game he is thinking about ah. making <laughs> um not a bad situation to be in not a bad situation but the, but the guy himself is very mm, shy if ah. i want to say it correctly okay because like for example i don't think anybody's ever seen his face before because he's always wearing that big um have you ever seen this guy no hang on let me you know what? I'm gonna show you before we before we go off. Because but is it I like? Want, is it? I want like to capture a... your re reaction. Oh god! Uh... Show me on your <laughs> phone, because otherwise the zoom will uh, uh, go crazy. Uh oh no! I'm just I'm just gonna send you the link. Ah okay. Yeah. Is it not like? A bit with Japanese developers in general, because it's the same with. Um, no, because because most of them, you know how they look like. This dude, you have <laughs> never seen how he looks like. Yeah, here, hang on. It's the same with like the the guy with uh, the guy from From Software, the the mastermind behind all those Souls games. He rarely shows up in public. He rarely does interviews. He just wants to focus on making the game, and he's not interested in doing press at all. Wait. So you're saying we've never seen that dude's face? Oh, probably, but like he's he's more like the less I do with the media stuff, the be the happier I am. Whereas normally a developer's like, oh, oh yeah, fine. media, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So I send the link. Check it out. Check it out. 
<laughs> so for those listening, if you haven't seen Yoko Taro, just Google Yoko Taro, um, T-A-R-O. Um, Where did you send the link to? In the in the Zencaster. Oh, I'm looking on my phone. Oh my god! Oh, I have seen this before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he always wears that mask. That's so which, creepy. by the way, is by the way, it is a recurring character in his games. Yeah, because wasn't that in near? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> Emil. The character's called Emil. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I still have to go to bed after this, so happy days. Uh, enjoy. <laughs> oh, I will. I'm gonna haunt yeah, you so, next. Yeah. So if you're interested in Voice of Cards, the demo is on on Switch. It's coming out later this at the end of this month, actually. I think October 28th or something like that. So if you've played the demo, I honestly would like I. If you played the demo and you enjoyed it, I don't think there's anything stopping you from not getting it because it is, it is actually fun. Nice. And it's pretty, and the music's good. And that's it. That is, uh, that's what we've been playing. Wow, this is, I think, this might be the single longest what we've been playing in quite some time. We actually played a lot, though. Yeah. (laughs) Um, With that, Sean, will you do me the honors? I will uh, try to do it as always. Um, So thank you all for tuning in, both to the audio version and the video version. Um, We always appreciate your support. Um, you can find us for the audio listeners on your favorite podcasting platform. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, Overcast. Uh, you name it, we're probably there. Um, you can reach us through email, gamerivalsfeedback at, uh, game <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, you can find the link to the video version in the description. Um, we post the episode as soon as the audio version goes live. So it's always there. Um, if you want to look at our pretty faces, you can. Uh, um, so you can always find us on social media as well. We're available on Twitch and Twitter, Instagram. I think like Twitter is game underscore rivals underscore. You can find Maximilian on Twitter at Maximilian. Um, Twitch would be at Maximilian underscore X and or twitch.tv. Slash Maximilian. slash Maximilian underscore X. X yeah, and I am uh, twitch.tv slash Sean Templar. Um, what are you going to play after the, the Metroid? Are you going to do Dread so next I, time? I don't, I don't know if I'm going to continue Dread on stream. Um, I think I might just play that offline. Okay. And because basically my whole, sh- my whole shtick on Twitch before I was doing uh, Super Metroid is I tend to play games randomly what I feel like playing. Mm. So I might return to either Secret of Mana or play something else. If you're um, going to do the Secret of Mana, people should definitely tune in because you do some stellar voice acting. I did stellar voice acting for the Metroid one because the opening has like this like text. But what I did not realize is that the text is Samus speaking. Ah. Um, so I started it as like this like basic dude. And then I found out, oh, wait, I'm actually Samus. So I had to switch it. Oh, nice! To a more to a more feminine voice. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. Oh, nice. Um, so if you want to see that, that's on the vod. Uh, so yeah, I might play a little bit more Dread on on, on Twitch. 
but I also might be playing something else. Actually, I kind of miss playing Kerbal Space Program, so I might do that somewhere this month. Play nice. a bit of Kerbal Space Program, return to that. Nice. And I don't... And I might actually do um, Voice of Cards if I do manage to pick it up at the end of the month. Oh, nice. Um, and do a little bit of that. But it is a JRPG, so there's, it is very text-heavy. I don't know how interesting that's going to be for people to see. Even more but, uh, voiceover opportunities. Oh, no, I don't have to voiceover because, like I said, it has a narrator. Ha! Nice try. Too bad. Too bad. Uh, okay, cool. I'm uh, I'm playing Days Gone. I hope to finish it this week on stream. Otherwise, there's another one next week. But I, I feel like I'm close to the ending. Um, yeah, yes. you can find us on uh, on Instagram uh, at, ga- uh, at Game Rivals and at Maximini underscore X. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, You're on fire today, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> I am. I, I guess it's late and I'm tired. Um, and I think with that, stumbling across everything, I think we've covered them all. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I have been and always will be Sean Templer. And I have been and will always be Maximilian X. And we'll catch you on the next one. Later.